a giant week for the Wolves. They lead the Western Conference. Another big week ahead. We're going to discuss it all on today's Minnesota Basketball Party. This is Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Timberwolves talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Basketball Party on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up? Let's jump into this. The Timberwolves have four games this week in season tournament action and a big one tonight. NBA Finals preview against the Philadelphia 76ers. We got the whole crew here on Thanksgiving Eve to talk hoops. Let's go around the circle with our opening tip. Ron would say the Wolves are going to the Super Bowl, baby. Going to the Super Bowl. But I think I have reason to believe that they actually can make it out of the first round. I know it's early. Uh, I'm Ben Beacon, host of the Lockdown Wolves podcast here on the Lockdown Sports Network. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit today about how Rudy Gobert has had perhaps the biggest impact of any Wolves player on their season so far, uh, even potentially more than Carlton Towns and Anthony Edwards. I'm Jack Borman, editor-in-chief of, of Canis Hoopus, and uh, I will be uh, telling everyone why the Wolves have a new fourth quarter blueprint, and it's, and it's playing through Carl Anthony Towns. And I'm Ron Johnson, former Gophers wide receiver, former NFL wide receiver. And, of course, basketball is my first love from Locked On Sports Minnesota and the Ron Johnson Show. And I'm going to explain to you why bully ball is probably Cat's new best friend. I love it. And I'm here for more slow-mo minutes. That's all coming up on today's Minnesota Basketball Party, where I'm going to ask these guys, who is the Wolves MVP through the first 13 games? We'll, of course, talk about Jaden McDaniel's ankle injury. What's the fallout from that? And four big games this week, some big storylines. What are these guys looking forward to the most? Thanksgiving week for the Wolves here on the Minnesota Basketball Party. You can find us on video on Lockdown Sports Minnesota or the audio on the Locked On Wolves audio feed, wherever you get your podcasts. You also might stumble on us on the 24-7 YouTube stream here at Locked On Sports Minnesota. You can get all your favorite teams, your favorite shows at any hour of the day. But I want to kick us off with this. The Wolves lead the West at 10-3. and Who is their MVP through 13 games this season? Let's kick it over to CARE 11 Sports Director Reggie Wilson for the first take on that. So I think the easy answer for me would be Rudy, but I'm not trying to step on Ben's toes. Um, so I'll go I'll go Anthony Edwards just because it feels like the team goes as he goes. And we've talked on this program uh, several times about how um, I feel like I need a little bit more efficiency from him. But at the end of the day, you know, he's got stat line 23, 25 plus points every night. And you just can't really be mad at the production at the end. Um, Like I said, would like to see him be a little bit more efficient as a scorer out there, but he's affecting the game in so many different ways. He rebounds, he, he passes some of the sick dimes that he has. Um, He has the, the will, you know, he he says he wants to play every night. So I think the team goes as he goes, he's kind of like their, their spark plug, their catalyst. And so I, I go, if I can't say Rudy, because I won't say Rudy, I'll say Ant. Ben. Yeah, I mean, I, I said it already. I think it's Rudy Gobert. And you really can't answer this question in a in a bad way as long as you're picking Cat Ant or Rudy, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I think um, 
I think Rudy Gobert has had an impact on both ends of the floor. Um, the offense, if you like, everybody knows about the defense. We talked about on this show. He looks um, like he did in his defensive player of the year award winning seasons. The rebounding still isn't quite to where you'd like it to be. Um, if you look at historically, in fact, right now, his total rebound rate is the lowest it's been since 2016. Um, I think that's going to tick upwards. I, I, I do. Um, so I'm not super worried about that. But on the offensive side, his usage rate is right in line with what we've seen for his career. But his true shooting percentage is lower than what we're used to seeing. In fact, it would be his lowest since 2016. So I think that's a little fluky. That's going to come up a little bit. It could have a little bit to do with how many lobs the Wolves are throwing him. Um, but in general, that's what he does, right? He offensive rebounds, he grabs lobs, and his offensive rebound rate is right now a career high. So um, all that to say, I think the impact we're seeing on both ends is something we're going to keep seeing from him. And the, and the shooting percentages are all going to come up a little bit for him. Um, you'd love to see him shoot the ball a little bit better at the free throw line, but like he's just kind of a career 60, 64% free throw shooter, right? So um, the overall gravity that he has on both ends of the floor, that's something Chris Finch loves to talk about, um, is huge. Like defensively, teams completely change their game plan because of Rudy being in the paint. The Wolves play differently when Rudy's off the floor. They play more zone defensively when he's off the floor. On the offensive side, sometimes the Wolves force the issue a little bit too much, but I think that also has some additional you know, positive consequences, if that makes sense, positive influence on how the Wolves play overall, um, just because it opens up more of the floor. It helps Rudy play hard on both ends. And he's just had that, again, the gravity of Rudy's presence in the paint has allowed Ant to have a little bit more space to operate on the perimeter, open things up for Carl Anthony Towns. And we're also seeing the Wolves start to allow Rudy to space out into the dunker spot, even a little bit further into the corner to try and allow for more space. And Rudy's been open to doing that. So it's been every bit the version of Rudy the Wolves wanted to get when they traded for him a year and a half ago. And, and it feels much more like Rudy from three or four years ago than Rudy from last season. As long as opposing coaches aren't going to do hack a Rudy every game, then I'm I'm okay with this. That was that was troublesome though with with Thibodeau uh, hacking him at the end of that Knicks game. But uh, but yeah, Jack, and I also yeah. think I also think that Finch handled that well, right? Like as soon mm -hmm. as they were going to go to it, it was like ah, let's not mess around. I mean, Kyle Anderson can do all the things that Rudy can't, so let's just make the switch and and <laughs> we're up by twelve or whatever. So, I, but I, and I think that goes back to the depth conversation for the Wolves, right? The Wolves have so much depth. They can play however you want to play, however the other team wants to play, and they can kind of dictate terms in that way. Jack. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's Rudy Gobert as well, but but I'd make an argument here for Carl Anthony Towns and that, you know, I, I think that in this Timberwolves team we saw last year, there were plenty of nights that Anthony Edwards just did not have his his A game, right? And, and the Timberwolves lost a lot of those games because it really wasn't that, that second guy to, to back him up and, and be able to, um, you know, kind of kind of tap him on the back and say like, Hey man, I got you tonight. And and we've seen that from Carlin Anthony Towns, especially um, these last six or seven games here is averaging almost 26 points a game on almost 60, 50, 90 uh, shooting splits, which is pretty phenomenal to go along with uh, eight rebounds and, and three assists. And uh, what's, one, what's been most impressive to me about, about Carl has been his defense though. I mean, at the rim, his rim protection has been as good as it's been his entire career, uh, which has been really impressive. He's been he's been able to move his feet and contest shots without fouling. Um, and, and, you know, now that his, his three-point shot is falling to everything else is kind of opening up for his game and that you know, defenders are playing a lot closer to him. He's been able to to get by defenders and and really create for his teammates, um, really create for his teammates on the drive, especially when he gets the ball in the middle of the floor, which has been, uh, which has been really encouraging to see. And I think, um, you know, especially – 
in this stretch here, ever since Ant was named player of the Western Conference player of the week, he's really struggled and he just hasn't had the same energy and momentum um, to his offensive game. And, and thankfully, Carl Anthony Towns has been right there to, to pick him up and, um, you know, play really well for a Wolves team that, that really needs him to do so. Um, and, and as a result, you know, the Wolves are winning some of these games that uh, that they've had no business winning. And I think that, uh, you know, when you, you consider a, a full 80 game, 82 game season and, and and how much wins like those will matter uh, because we've been on the other side of that, seeing how much those losses matter. Um, you know, I think that there's there's a tremendous amount of value in that. Yeah, Ron, we've had three nominees. We've had Kat, Ant and Rudy. Who do you think? Uh, I'm going to go with somebody that nobody said just to do it. Uh, but Mike Conley Jr., when you look at his assist to turnover ratio, uh, he's at a 6.6 right now. And I think the key to that is, one, we lived through the D-Lo era. If we hadn't seen what a point guard could look like, I don't know if I'd be so um, happy about what Mike Conley's doing. Uh, he's not a selfish player. He's not going to take big shots and moments because he wants to be a part of the ice cold crew. Um, he just dishes the ball off and let, let the scorer score, but also he's protecting the ball with less than one turnover a game. And I think that's the big key too, is he's not like D'Lo we know would come down and he would try to lake show it and throw it over his shoulder and no look, shoot a step back three when the crowd's on their feet, just to, so he could do the, you know, my ice cold veins. But what we don't see are his lowlights. Um, Jordan Poole gets a ton of low lights where everybody talks about Jordan Poole and the mistakes he makes him and Kuzma together are literally a clown show. I don't know how they decided to put those two guys on the court at the same time. Uh, but when you look at what Mike Conley's doing, he's anti D'Lo and he's, he's a team player. He is a lefty. So maybe Tim Conley was like, I need a left-handed point guard. Uh, <laughs> he just had the wrong one. Uh, but he's extremely like protective of the ball. He's making the right passes. It is helping that he has two guys in Cat and uh, Carly or uh, Carly Towns and uh, Anthony Edwards are putting the ball in the basket. But I'm gonna go with the point guard because if you don't have a guy, thing, think about all the teams that struggle. Uh, the Warriors bought in Chris Paul because they felt like they were missing a point guard because they were like Steph needs to be off ball. That's where now you see you know Anthony Edwards being able to be an off ball guard because Mike Conley's gonna ball at all costs. I love it. I love that Conley is there when you need him, but he never forces the issue. He knows his spot, but if you kick it out to him on a skip pass to seal the game against Golden State, he's going to hit a three for you. Oh, he's yeah. he's really the perfect guy for this team. I was going to go with Cat because other than the, the clunker against Boston where people were jumping off the Cat bandwagon, he's been really good. I mean, he's on a heater right now. Um the the scoring efficiency, the consistency, picking up games where Ant hasn't been himself, clutch performances down the stretch, having that type of scorer is what they were missing for 55 games last year on Ant's off nights. Now you've got, you know, a Batman and a Superman. You've got two guys that can carry the load um, if the other one isn't quite feeling it. It's a great dynamic, and I think it's a big reason why the Wolves are 10-3 and three, as opposed to like 7-6 and six, uh, because they've had two guys that can win fourth quarters for you. And I think that all of our arguments are, are valid. You can go any way with it. Cat, Ant, Rudy, Mike Conley Jr. Uh, it's a really nice-looking starting five for the Wolves right now uh, who are 10-3 and three through 13 games. We're going to talk about Jaden McDaniel's ankle injury, what the fallout is from that. But first, a word from eBay Motors eBay Motors helps bring you today's show. 
And Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd gives you the best fantasy picks each week. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to uh, provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. Let's see who Josh picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. I'm gravitating toward my guy, slow-mo Kyle Anderson. We're about to talk about this with Jade McDaniels out for two to three weeks grade one ankle sprain, Kyle Anderson uh, should see a boost in his production to help fantasy managers. He started 46 games last year for the Wolves, and we saw what he can do with more minutes on the floor. The point total is going to go up. The assist total is going to go up. The rebound total is going to go up. He's not going to put up 25 points, but he's going to pack the box score with steals, with assists, a little bit of everything for Kyle Anderson on your fantasy team. Josh Lloyd from Lockdown Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. Uh, with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your car needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. And at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. All right, let's reverse the order and go back to Ron Johnson. As we talked about Jade McDaniels, he's out of the lineup, Ron. So the trickle-down effect there, probably more slow-mo. Probably more nah, Nikhil Alexander-Walker as well coming off that bench. Uh, how impactful do you think this injury is for the Wolves with McDaniels? Uh, well, it depends on the time, but like right now, I think it's huge when you think about his defensive ability. Um, offensively, I think they have enough additional scores when you throw in Shake Milton. Uh, like you said, you throw in Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Um, there, there's enough additional scoring that I think they can get through it as we've seen. Uh, but his ability i talk about length and defense before and my big one is like the suns got up in their tails and i think back to like well why was that well if you think about it they were to just go into that game saying you know what jay mcdaniels you're gonna you're gonna have kd all night like I, we're like you're gonna be tired but we're gonna give him give, him, give you every piece of kevin durant you can take I think maybe he holds him a little, I mean, nobody can stop Kevin Durant, but I think he holds him a little bit tougher. Um, Kevin Durant was just finding the mismatches and then taking advantage of it. And I think that's the big thing is defensively, he's a glue guy. He's an energy guy. Um, thank goodness he didn't punch a wall. So it's just an ankle. So I think that's the key is getting him back from the, from the ankle. But it, it's it's just like Justin Jefferson. It's one of those things there that we're going to hope it's two or three games or four games and like not sit back in a month from now. We're like, oh, crap, this dude is still nursing this ankle injury. Uh, but, you know, everybody has played basketball. Reggie, you know this, man. Like the ankle is so tough because it only takes one idiot to stand under you. It only takes one person to like Draymond Green you and like do something dumb and it's going to re-aggravate it. And then this might be an entire season. So with this lead right now being number one, um, even if they were to say, hey, we're willing to play this out until we're still in the top three. If we feel like it's getting away from us, let's bring them back. But I think they want him 100 percent healthy because now they truly see this is a team that can end up in the Western Conference finals. And, and you don't want to get a guy back too soon and then you keep getting them out. Yeah, and and before we go to Jack here, it's it's interesting because this will be the first kind of test of how much do you push a guy or how much does a guy push 
to play in an in-season tournament uh, playoffs, right? Because the championship of the tournament falls right between two and three weeks for this injury rehab. So for a game that doesn't count toward the standings, but does count towards money in your pocket, do they try to get him back for that championship game? Or you know, would teammates and coaches deem it not as important as the bigger picture? That's kind of the situation that Jaden will fall in, Jack. Yeah, I'm really glad you, you flew the in-season tournament flag. I'm I'm about as big of a fan of the in-season tournament as there is. Um, I, I think the the competition has been unbelievable um, between all these guys, and like you can tell that it it does mean more to all these guys. It's just been a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I mean that was the that was the biggest thing that I had written down in terms of the the fallout here is that the Timberwolves are two and zero in the in-season tournament right now. Um, and you know they're they're going to have to contend with two you know really incredible guards on their next two uh, or the final two group stage games in, in De'Aaron Fox of the Kings and Shea Gildas Alexander of the of the Thunder. Um, and then when you consider that four of their next six games are against you know star guards leading up to the you know the in season tournament knockout round when you have Maxi uh, tonight Fox and then um, SGA um, you know and then Lamelo Ball as well. Um, it's it's going to be a, a tough test for Nikhil Alexander Walker, but again, like he proved he can do it. Uh, he, he was phenomenal in the the playing game against the Thunder last year when they really needed him. So, um, so yeah, that'll be really important. And then um, you know, two Troy Brown Jr. is another guy that's gonna gonna see some increased drawing. I really liked how how Chris Finch uh, inserted Troy Brown Jr. Um, to kind of fill McDaniel's role um, with the second unit. So McDaniel's generally plays with the second unit towards the end of the second quarter, and again towards the end of the third quarter. Um, and he did that so that Nikhil Alexander-Walker could kind of continue to play in his role as the backup point guard, which I thought was really important because Alexander-Walker is starting to find more of a rhythm offensively. And I think a lot of that is role-based. You know, they're, they're, they kind of realized, you know, Shake Milton likes to play more of that off guard and, and having the ball in Nikhil's hands is, is more helpful there. Um, and so, you know, now that Nikhil's finding a rhythm, trying to ask him to go play a different role for, for you know, for more than half of his minutes, I think would be tough. Um, especially for a guy like him where like confidence is such a make or break thing offensively. So, um, so that'd be important. I mean, Troy Brown Jr. is a guy that, you know, it's kind of like what Torian Prince gave the Wolves last year, right? A six, seven, six, eight guy, really solid team defender and a lights out corner three point shooter. Right. So I'm um, going to be really interesting to see how, uh, you know, how those two guys are able to kind of uh, tag team and, and, and fill McDaniels minutes that way. Ben, your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I, I, Nikhil Alexander-Walker is the most obvious answer in terms of who sees the biggest bump. I think Chris Finch said after the game the other night, it's, you know, depending on matchups, it'll either be him or Kyle Anderson that starts. I think it makes sense in most situations to have Alexander-Walker start because he is more similar to Jaden McDaniels, as others have said. Um, and also Kyle Anderson is kind of the straw that stirs the drink with the bench anyway, right? So you, you want, I, I know that they the way that Finch does his substitutions makes a ton of sense. And Kyle Anderson does see minutes with majority starters at, at times as well. Um, I, and Troy Brown Jr., I, I'm glad Jack brought him up. I was going to say the same that I, I'm curious to see. I mean, he was a starter on a playoff team for a good chunk of last year, and I know he's a streaky player offensively, um, but he he can do a lot of different things, and he kind of adds that energy element, that athleticism element off the bench, and so I'm excited to see him play a little bit more. And this is exactly why you get a guy like him to be your 10th guy is he's a rotation caliber player who isn't usually in the rotation, and now he gets an opportunity to play 12, 14 minutes a game and not at the same time, not be overextended because he's not truly a starter. So it's, it's the perfect role for him really. 
And then I, I said this on today's Lockdown Wolves, and, and I don't know if this will come to fruition, but this could be an opportunity to see Josh Minot rotation minutes at some point. It could, and maybe not really rotation minutes. It could be help us in perimeter defense at the end of a quarter. We saw Chris Finch do that a couple of times with Minot last year. Where it was like, hey, let's throw him out there to get this stop with 30 seconds left in the quarter. Um, just to to give a, give Finch an excuse to let Minot get his toes wet in real non non-garbage time situations. He's more of a four than he is a three. And so the way that the Wolves deploy McDaniels isn't the same way that they would necessarily deploy Minot. But it there just may be a few more minutes, or there will be a few more minutes available in general. So if Finch wants to to send out a larger lineup, if he wants to get a stop at the end of a quarter, there's a possession where he needs a rebound. Um, we saw Minot have an immediate impact in the garbage minute he played the other day with the alley of dunk and a rebound. Um so this could be kind of the window cracking open for Minot to get a minute or two here or there and make a case for like, hey, I don't know whose spot I'm taking, but if somebody else goes down, like I'm your next man up, I can do this. So it'll be fun to see both him and Troy Brown. I think obviously the the day-to-day impact most obviously is going to be more minutes for Alexander Walker and a few more minutes for Kyle Anderson. I like the Minot take. Uh, I'm, I'm a fan of his. Reggie, your thoughts? Yeah, I think um, I think is gonna be huge minutes for nah um so it was interesting talking or listening to <clears throat> chris finch on um a monday night after the game and he talked about how look we were able to overcome Jaden because of the depth that we have and we talked about it on this show plenty of times um especially leading up to the season like the wolves like tim Connolly. shout out to him man he just built this incredibly like depthy is that a word um <laughs> he just built this <laughs> this uh team full of full of depth and um i think what is something that i kind of alluded to at the start of the pod today was i think it it allows me to have a little bit more confidence that the timberwolves can do um some 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 scary things uh, as it comes to like the postseason because it seems that you know obviously you don't want to lose like your big three with with Rudy with you know Cat or Ant like those those guys you're like okay I don't know that we survive a, a major injury to one of those guys long term but I think you know with someone like Jaden being out and he's such a a glue guy for what they are trying to do like I think. The depth is a reason that gives me, you know, confidence that maybe they they're a different team this year, and the depth is is helping. You know, they they help win that game on Monday, and you know, you look at Nikhil, and he comes in there hungry, man. Like I know, like the Wolves gave him a, a, a you know, a nice little contract in the off season, but like he plays like he's still trying to earn it. He plays like he's still trying to earn another one, um, which he probably is, but. I just really like how high energy he is. He comes in and just plays with his hair on fire on both ends of the floor. And so, you know, talent is one thing. And Jaden is one of the most talented defenders in the league. But one thing you can't coach is effort. And Nah has plenty of it. And, you know, you'll see him in that in that rotation trying to fill the minutes that Jaden had. You'll see, you know, a little bit of Kyle Anderson. I like what you guys said about Troy Brown. I like what he did. Um last year with my squad um but i i think i think nah is to me uh one of the the key factors because you know as the as the wolves kind of boast his depth he's kind of like the the first man up 
you know, to to step in and fill those shoes that Jaden McDaniels um, had. And, and you hope that, you know, they're able to just survive a little bit more without Jaden. And you hope the, the, the absence is not very long, but I think with what you saw on Monday and, and everything that you've seen this season with all the depth that they have, that you feel a little bit more confident that they're able to overcome some of those um, games without having Jaden in there. Reggie, I want 20 seconds. Now that D'Lo is on your squad, L.A., what do you think of D'Lo? Man, I I was not a fan of them signing him back. But honestly, I think with the Wolves, he, he was kind of empowered to kind of just be not a jerk, but like just, you know, be like this alpha presence. You're not, you're not doing that with LeBron. So LeBron's like, hey, look, man, get in line. And so I think LeBron is the type of personality and Anthony Davis and some of those strong personalities that they have there, Darvin Ham, they're not going to deal with some of the shenanigans. That being said, though, he is playing pretty well this season. So shout out to shout out to him. You know, hopefully he keeps it up. I have been on record saying, like, hey, I don't think D'Lo is a very, like, high IQ guy on the basketball court. And he may not be, you know, you're you coming down two, three seconds into the shot clock and you're jacking up a three. Like, that's not very smart basketball. But, you know, when he makes them, it's like, oh, okay, cool. We'll live with it. So hopefully he just continues to be efficient as a scorer because that that's really what he wants to do. Yeah. Lakers are nine and six. Not a terrible record. Big win over uh, David Locke's Utah Jazz last night. Uh, Big week for the Wolves. Four games coming up, including the 76ers tonight. We'll talk about the week ahead after a quick word from FanDuel. Let's look at the line tonight. The Wolves are minus five. I think that actually just moved to four and a half. I think that probably assumes that Joel Embiid is not going to play 76ers on the second half of the back-to-back. If you want to bet the Wolves money line, minus 198, you can get $150 at FanDuel if you're a new customer. So what better time to join than right now? At America's number one sports book, bet five, win any $5 money line bet, get $150 in bonus bets straight to your account if your team wins. That's for all new customers. If you've been thinking of joining FanDuel, now is the time. And with that 150 then it's all out in front of you. You got the spreads, the player props, the futures, the over-unders. You can bet NFL as well. NFL at about the midway point of their season. Hundreds of options to bet on every single NFL game. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL as well. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Or download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Bet five. Get 150 at FanDuel. Thank you, everydayers, for watching here on Locked On Sports Minnesota. We don't have just this show, but the Minnesota Football Party, Mondays and Thursdays. We've got the Ron Johnson Show on Tuesdays, the Roundtable on Fridays. Lots of programming here at Locked On Sports Minnesota. Let's start with Jack Borman, then we'll go to Ron and around the circle. Jack, four games this week. Sixers, Kings, Grizzlies, Thunder. Two of those in-season tournament contests. What is your favorite storyline for the upcoming week? We already we already got to it a little bit earlier. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's the NBA Cup, man. Um, you know, it's 
it's it's in full swing right now. The, the Timberwolves can can win Group C uh, if they if they beat the Kings on on Friday night, which which will no doubt be a banger at Target Center. Um, you know, there's there's already limited tickets left for that game. Uh, it's a Friday night after Thanksgiving. People want to you know work off the turkey by by screaming at uh, Deer and Fox and and Delmas Bonus. So um, so that's going to be a ton of fun. And then I think you know them playing Oklahoma City next week uh on tuesday and that that group stage finale um will be awesome if they beat the kings and then they're able to to also beat the thunder um th- those would be two amazing wins um you know in you know independent of them being in-season tournament games but if they are able to go 4-0 in their group in in what may be the most competitive group um that that there is in the nba right now um you know, then they'd have an opportunity to host a uh, to be announced uh, quarterfinal game, which would take place either um, to uh, in so in two weeks uh, on that Monday. Uh, I think that's the fourth uh, or Tuesday, December fifth, uh, which would be a ton of fun against um, you know potential teams like um, I, I believe the Nuggets or the Suns are, are teams that that could get in um, to the to the quarterfinal round without um, winning their group, which could be um, you know which could be a lot of fun. A lot of fun there. So, um, yeah, just just going to be really excited to see kind of how that plays out. And and like you said, you know, are the Wolves going to kind of full gas it to, to try to, you know, get Jane back a little early and, 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 you know, make that extra, you know, 500 grand for, you know, for some of the guys on the end of the bench and uh, as well the, as well as the coaches. I think that 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 really matters to the players being able to to win games for uh, for the coaches who all get 500 grand if, if the if the uh, if the team wins the in-season tournament as well. Ron, favorite storyline? Uh, well, I, honestly, I just want to see this Kings game. When you look at De'Aaron Fox, you look at Malik Monk, Monk you look at Sabonis. Uh, I mean, I'm a basketball guy, so some people, like, they hear Keegan Murray, they hear Kevin Huter, and they're like, uh. But I, I look at that team as one of the most, I guess, complete, well-rounded teams when you think about the fact that Malik Monk is now coming off the bench a little bit for Mike Brown. Mike Brown is also a coach that's known to, like, literally just rip into a player's behind. And so this is a team that no matter how far the Wolves put the lead, if it's a 10-point lead, it's not enough for the Kings. The Kings don't give up. The good thing is we don't have to worry about them trying to light the purple light because it's in Minnesota. Uh, but, I, but I do want to see how they handle a guy like Malik Monk and a guy like De'Aaron Fox because Fox is swifty. He moves. He's shifty. Um, and not to say that Mike Conley is too slow, but I just don't know if Mike Conley can go a full game. So those backup guards, you know, when you look at, um, you know, uh, Walker Alexander or uh, uh, Alexander Walker coming in and being maybe a, a younger, more youthful defender and being able to slow these guards down. Um, I just really want to see it. And then how they handle Sabonis, you know, between Rudy, between Cat, uh, they don't have Jade McDaniel. So how they handle them, because this is going to be a kind of a key. Not to say they're like the Nuggets, but they have a similar play of the Nuggets. And so I think the Wolves being able to show what they can do against the Kings uh, can really show their dominance in the West. I think that's what I want to see. Like, can they really start to put fear in people in the West? Because uh, if they go out there and lay an egg after eating too much turkey, um, people are going to kind of, you know, and, and if it's a packed crowd too, you do that in front of a whole bunch of people. Now the whole Twitter narrative becomes, oh, here we go again. Same old Wolves. Uh, they, you know, they're going to backslide. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking to this Kings game. I really want to see Friday because, um, one, Gophers, you know, I, th- this is my, my my mental break from the Gophers to watch the Wolves and Kings because then I, I got to deal with Saturday morning being at the stadium and hopefully Wisconsin doesn't leave with the ax because, I mean, I'm wearing as much Minnesota gear as I can this weekend and this whole Thanksgiving week just to put good vibes out there for them. So 
this is just another way to do it. Throw, throw some gopher vibes into the air. Reggie, I don't want to hear your mouth. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> and it's it's and Jack said this too. I think a win against the Kings clinches the group. Correct? It does. Yep, it because clinches the, the group. And then yeah. uh so they'd for sure move on to the quarterfinals. And then if they go four and L, they'll for sure host uh, a quarterfinal game. Yeah, that's fantastic. Reggie. Look, man, I'm all in on uh on the Thunder. I think uh some I saw a tweet that said like the Thunder have built just like the greatest AAU team of all time. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's like, look, man, they they tanked, they, you know, Sam Presti accumulated all those picks. And like those dudes, man, Giddy. And Chet looks like he's going to be a dude. Jack, don't be shaking your head, man. Come on. Come on. SGA. <laughs> like they got some dudes, man. I, I don't know. I'm I'm uh I'm I'm interested to see how they how they pull this thing together. Um, you know, also the the whole like cousin rivalry between SGA and the kill. You know, that's fun. But honestly, you know, they're they're a pretty big team as well to match up against um the the Wolves who Everybody was like, oh, shoot, they're going big. The league is going small. And now, all of a sudden, Connolly looks like a genius a little bit, you know, through 13 games of the season. Um, so I'm interested to see how those two teams match up against one another. Um, we've seen them have some nice battles in the past, but they haven't been at full strength. Um, talking about the Thunder, um, you know, Chet missed all of last season with that freak injury. So, I'm interested to see how how things go. You know, that was a a really crazy game that they had. Uh, what was it against the 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 Warriors, Warriors a few yeah, nights Warriors. ago? Yeah, Wiggins hit the three, thinking that, that you know they're gonna win it. Then Chet hits this absolutely stupid three as well to send it to overtime, and they end up beating the Warriors. So like, I think I think I'm 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 all in on what this youth movement is with the with the Thunder, and I think. You know, as they continue to gel, they could be a team that's scary in the West. Real, I was real say, quick, Reggie, yeah. I was going yeah. to say Reggie was dead on though with with SGA. When you watch the Warriors and Chet, they do literally play like an AAU team at moments because there's no sets, and I think that's the toughest thing when you can just hand the ball to SGA. Chet's going to be up top at seven feet, like that's not normal NBA basketball. But then they give the ball to Chet and they all kind of move out the way and kind of he goes one on one like they do have kind of a round ball type of play. And I was going to ask you this one, Reggie. I know Sam has one for you or anybody. Who do you put on Chet from the Wolves? Because that's the one for me, too, that's kind of it throws you off a little bit because I don't know if Gobert can stay up top at the three point line with him an entire game. I'd put Mike Conley on him if you saw what Chris Paul did to him the other day. Uh, don't forget the last time the Oklahoma City Thunder played in any sort of meaningful game, 120-95, Wolves win. Wasn't even close. No Chet, so, though. No Chet in that game. Stop it. Chet is – Have you it. seen – he's like the most efficient player in the league right now. He's like shooting like 57, 46, and oh, crowd, 90. Oh, Jack. Good. Cool. Do it for more than 10 games. <laughs> Ooh, wow, what a hater. Unbelievable. Ben, can you provide some Yeah, well, hey, I mean, look, the guy <laughs> big-timed the, the Twin Cities Pro-Am at Minnehaha Academy and then took one, <laughs> took one look at LeBron and look what happened. That was a freak thing, man. Come on. He tried to block the shot, came down, broke the foot, 
but he tried to do a, a euro and he wasn't really built for that just yet. Not yet. Exactly. You know, he's got he got to put Rob. some weight on. He's got you know get with the nutrition staff and all that. Yeah, go look at your question. Him, then we'll see what cat cat'll do to him. Ooh, I, I love cat. Yeah, man, like to that. answer your question though, Ron, uh, I think you put uh, Corliss Williamson on chat. <laughs> just be be real physical. Just uh, tag in the coaches. Uh, no, I don't have any. I don't have any hot Chet Holmgren takes other than he is fun to watch, and uh, it's it's uh, the Wolves Thunder matchup. I, I think that's a real potential rivalry. Like we thought we'd have Wolves Grizzlies after that playoff series a couple years ago, and obviously they're a mess. But um, no, I think the stretch of games is is pretty interesting. Uh, obviously the in season tournament. Um, too bad we're likely not going to see Embiid tonight. But um, there's, I mean, the, who's this year's version of the Kings? Right, last year the Kings mostly came out of nowhere. No one expected them to be so good, as good as they were. And this year it's the Thunder and the Wolves, kind of leading the Western Conference along with Denver. And so each of them could make that claim. But Wolves Thunder has to be the highlight of the next week. Um, and you know, fun to go to Memphis. You know, that should be a win given where the state of their roster. But um, you know, there's the there's the Memphis thing. There's the 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 Kings are playing really well now that Darren Fox is back. So it's a huge week and it's a ton of fun. And the in-season tournament just adds another layer. And to Jack's point, like we'll see, um, I, I think we've seen the quality of play, the physicality, the effort level increase in these in-season tournament games across the board to see the thunder in a game that quote unquote matters. Not It does matter. Not quote unquote. It matters. Um, after the play in game last year. I mean, that that's going to be interesting. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, Target Center is going to be lit for these three home games this week, tonight against the Sixers. And I'm actually bummed about Embiid too, Ben. I mean, I think the the Wolves would like to kind of be tested in these measuring stick games. I would like to see that when they get shorthanded New Orleans, shorthanded Miami. That's not really proving as much as I'd like to see from the Wolves. But uh, if they can take care of business, I think the 76ers are still really good. So if they can win tonight, even without Embiid, that's still a quality victory. But number one storyline, it's got to be OKC. You guys are all over it. OKC's six and one on the road. Chet, you could easily have something big at stake in the in-season tournament in that game, whether it's winning the group or you know being the number one seed or something like that. Uh, a lot riding on that game. So I'm I'm super fired up for it. Uh, I'm watching every single game this week very very intently. Let's conclude our pre-Thanksgiving episode with a little Wolves gratitude. Ben, uh, what are you thankful for about this Wolves team? It's got to be Anthony Edwards and and not just his play on the court, but uh, how quotable he is. The whole bite-bite thing is fantastic, that that's still a thing that's like living and the broadcast is talking about it. And I know Conley hates it, and it's it's just it's so funny. It's I think somebody, I think uh, uh, Grady or somebody said in the broadcast that it's like a um, – it's like a little brother thing at this point. Um, but anything ant related, I'm sure that's not certainly won't be the last like goofy nickname or, or anecdote that he gives the media this year. So um, <laughs> Anthony Edwards on and off the court for sure. Jack. Yeah, I think it's that they found a way to fully utilize Carl Anthony Towns. Um, I, I think that, you know, this season and the storylines and the narratives around it could have been a lot different had they not figured out a way to do that. And I think the fact that Carl is playing so well is contributing to, Know how good the vibes are around the team. And I think, um, you know, that they've kind of turned to him as the fourth quarter guy, I think has been great. I mean, the last two fourth quarters, I mean, you look at again what he did against New Orleans. He had 12 points on perfect shooting, five assists, no turnovers, created 24 of the team's 36 points. And then, you know, against Golden State, he had five game tying or go ahead, made shots or assists, which is 
um, which is tremendous. And the way they've just been able to get him the ball in the middle of the floor and, and space for him, Ben Ben alluded to it earlier. They've been putting Gobert further out from the dunker into the you know shorter corner or um, or full on corner. We saw him take a corner three. Um, you know that's something where they don't respect his shot, but the way he's been able to kind of cut off of that and and pass has been really important too to just help kind of give Cap more space when he's on that left box post up or, or driving from the nail in the middle of the floor. Um, and he's doing a really good job. Like when it's bigger fives, he's driving past him. And when it's, um, you know, smaller fours and, and guards that are, are checking him, he's, he's done a great job. Like, like Ron said, of playing some bully ball, which has been, which has been fun to watch. And it's been, been super impactful for the, for the Timberwolves, especially in, in these games when, when Ann has been struggling. So that's been, that's been huge and, and something that I, I certainly hope will continue. So Anthony Edwards doesn't have to, you know, carry this, a super heavy burden for for extended stretches of time. Yeah, Ron Johnson, gratitude. Uh, I'm thankful for the Wolves are beating the teams they're supposed to beat. Other than when you look at Toronto and the Hawks, the 10 and 11 seed in the East, they could easily be 12 and one right now. And I'm thankful that they're not, because then we would be overreacting big time if they were 12 and one at this point. Like it would be a huge overreaction. I'm kind of glad they lost. So I'm thankful for the early losses to kind of really make them realize how they need to play uh, because we don't need an undefeated team. Like we don't deserve that. We we're, we're not ready for that. We would literally lose our minds. Um, so a 10 and three, I'm thankful that they are down to earth. Number one seed team. Um, I'm also very thankful for Mike Conley, the way he passes the ball and he's unselfish. He's un D'Lo like um, D'Lo was like a, a toxic relationship. Like you accepted all the greatness and then you were okay with the bad stuff because he was just like he had great moments. And then when he leaves, you're finally like, oh, this is what a real relationship should look like. And I'm, I'm thankful for Mike Conley for that. And Reggie. Uh, kind of going off what Ryan said, I'm thankful that the, the Wolves are not stressing fans out and losing some of these games that you would, you know, kind of expect them to lose. You know, you look at that, that Pelicans game, you look at the – uh, really a big game that I look at is that Warriors game. They came out and the Warriors tried to punt them. Like Draymond came out, tried to tried to get them. And usually, <laughs> usually you see the, the, the Wolves just kind of like not lay down, but just kind of not play up to the, the level. Like they had no business losing that game when you didn't have Steph there. You didn't have Clay anymore. You didn't have Dre. Like they should have won that game. And for a big part of that that game, it was like, oh shoot, the Wolves are going to blow this. They're going to lose this, aren't they? You know, got the got the rookie hidden hidden threes, and they're just shooting lights out with Chris Paul. And then it's like, oh shoot, like here we go. And then they they battle back and they win that game. That's a game in the past that you see the Wolves lose. And so I think I'm thankful that they are winning some of these games that they have shown that they lose in the past. And I I also just want to give some love to uh, Finchie, Chris Finch. Tim Connolly gave him an incredibly difficult job last season um, to try to make this thing work. You know, so many people talked about, hey, the, the, the Timberwolves, the NBA is yinging, the Timberwolves are yanging, not really sure what they're doing. And this season so far, and especially now that they've had a, a nice offseason where they, they've gotten a chance to jail. He challenged Ant, told him to come back early to Minnesota so he can train and, and get that work in so he can be that top dude. But also just trying to figure it out to Jack's point, like he's spacing the floor a lot better with these two bigs, making it work where Rudy is being 
you know, maximized. And then Cat is also being maximized in his role. So Connolly gave him an incredibly difficult job to try to figure this thing out with the Twin Towers. And he seems to be doing that for all that Finch gets, you know, for his time management, not calling timeouts when, you know, teams go on runs. And, you know, a lot of people are very critical of Chris Finch. You know, he is a brilliant basketball mind. So I just want to show some gratitude to him and what he's doing. Yeah, good ones, guys. I'm thankful for all of our viewers and listeners, the thousands that watch and listen to this show, the thousands that tune in on the postcasts with Luke Inman, Jack Borman, Tyler Metcalf after each game. I'm sure it'll be another big crowd tonight. Check that out here on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Turkey, gravy, mashed potatoes, pumpkin pie. It's right around the corner, gentlemen. Enjoy your Thanksgivings. For Reggie, for Ben, for Jack, for Ron, I'm Sam Ekstrom. Thankful for all of you. Thanks for watching the Minnesota Basketball Party on Locked On Sports Minnesota, and a happy Thanksgiving to all.